Hey, Jamie, I've got a question for you. What do you want, Tom? Who's on the podcast this coming Friday? Oh, is it someone big? Boy. Is uh, it a big one? Shall I bother listening this week? Yeah. If I was going to say uh, take. And I would say off no, your trousers. No, no. Take. Me out. No, take. Paddy McGuinness. No, take. Take on me. Take that. Wow. Have a little patience. But hang on, presumably you've only, you haven't got all three of them, have you? Presumably you've just got one of them. Buddy, we have all three of them on the podcast. They've released a new album. It's coming out. They're going on tour. They talk about the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, on everything that happened in Take the That. The ins, the outs. And they reveal it all this Friday. Exclusively. On Private Parts. That's a big one. I'm going to listen to that. Welcome to Whole Truth, uh, the podcast by me, Jordan Stevens, um, and I'm joined by. And that was quite a stat. It was quite like a, it was a jagged beginning. Yeah, it was normal. edgy. Oh, in a good way. Yeah. So the voice you can hear. This is. Uh, I'm joined by Beth McColl, um, author and Hello. writer of words. Writer, doer of words, maker of doer of words. Doer of do words. So money. one thing I think we had to point out from the start, which we can establish quite quickly, is that uh, both of us maybe have ADHD. Yeah. Which we've, from the 10 to 15 minutes before this started, we, we realised that we were kind of setting each other off. Yeah, so. this might go. I, I think it's true. I think it's true. It happens to me a lot. I also have a tic disorder. I have Tourette's as well, which is do why you? I can't medicate it. And is that I, why you do the, the right eye yeah, twitch? Yeah, the right eye twitch. And that's me I like... And And when I... In public, I've been on the bus with someone else who has it, and we were just setting each other off in a way that was just—it oh was quite funny. It's but I thing, was like, we it? have to be separated. Do you think it goes for that? Goes for a lot of like mental health. I think so. Nearly everyone with these like neurodevelopmental things. I think people really. I can see people yeah. with like particular forms of anxiety joining. Oh yeah. But do they make it worse though? Yeah. I do yeah. That's but so wild. we'll see how it goes. So like, what? How extreme does your Tourette's get? Are there, is it as? as is it like the the um the one? What would the word be? Is it like the are people's idea of what Tourette's is? Because I, know no, it comes I mean, in not really. Forms, so there's, there's you know when people think of it as like I'm yeah. going to say the worst thing ever to so you. So that's like there's coprolalia, which is the uncontrolled swearing, and I think that's one in ten sufferers. So it's really rare to have that. Most yeah. vocal tics will be repeating words or kind of clearing your throat. Um, there's also something called coprophilia, which is like a disgusting thing and I kept getting those words confused coprophilia yeah it's Cop, to do like, with like it's way worse than that what do you mean it's coprophilia it's like, I think it's when you have like a sexual thing about shit yeah and they're, really? they're sim- really similar words so I have to be really careful and I'm like yeah I've had you know oh, coprophilia in the past no that's just uh-huh so you've accidentally said to people that, that I've you, had that in the past that you do have yeah. weird like, have you got that yeah so you have to be quite careful with that's that one funny. every day you learn some more. So what threats do you have? So I've got, you see the facial tick, yeah, uh, the motors and motor tick. Oh, motor tick. Motor tick and then there's, then there's vocal tick. So I used to just kind of clear my throat or, which is way better oh, now yeah. in my 20s. Uh-huh. Uh, as like you kind of get older, they normally do level off. Quite well. Would you consider Tourette's to be one of your monsters? I would think so. I mean, it's more just the way I dealt with it. I felt a lot of shame about it and I really wanted it to go away. Whereas now I feel pretty all right about it okay so, so it doesn't... what i want to do is i want to split this up because I, there is some kind of structure to this podcast i think <laughs> i'm not sure but like i'll also, do my best to... the structural piece of paper that was usually here for me oh. let alone me and oh. you 
isn't here. So I'm going to have to just try and, I don't know, it's cool. I can kind of remember it. I mean, I've done about 24 Mm -hmm. of these, so I should know. Um, So uh, firstly, I want to ask you how you're feeling today. I feel good today. Yeah, I've... I've Out of 25? Twenty-one and a half, I think. That's yeah, solid. I feel really, really good. That's like in its eighty percentile. Yeah, I had like a really rough time, maybe about two, three weeks ago, because I realised I hadn't taken my meds properly, huh. and then I started taking my meds properly. And Which like, meds? Uh, so I'm on Lexapro, um, East Telepram, twenty is milligrams. That, is that, that. antidepressant? Antidepressant. Ah. It's an SSRI, I think. Those are really hard to come on and off. Yeah, re- and really bad. I was in, like, you get physical withdrawals. You feel like absolutely shit. I just wasn't being, like, with the ADHD, I wasn't, I forget to take them. I don't know if I've taken them. It could be, like, four I'm days. Sure help with ADHD, and I hadn't, they? no. no. <laughs> they don't, but it just means that it's harder for me to remember in the first place. And you can't take ADHD medication as well as? Um, no, well, you can't. The, the, yeah, the doctor was like, yeah, there's um, all kinds of, what is it called? They Interactions. Yeah. And I've had that in the past, not with they, ADHD they medication. wires. And it's been an absolute disaster. So you've recovered from that? Yeah, I feel good now. Just really? like a few weeks of taking them properly and I feel fine. So you just missed a couple of... Yeah, it was really oh, stupid. Mate. And I was like, why do I feel it's so like bad? It's Jenga, isn't it? And I feel, yes, I feel good now. All right, great. So you've written a book called How to Come Alive Again. Yes. Um, a Guide to Killing Your Monsters. Hmm. Could you please... Um, oh, I'll put that there. It just, is be- yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's a beautiful book. Mm. And uh, it is... Um, available. It is available to buy. It's in Waterstones, in Foils, um, a lot of like little local bookshops. Support local bookshops. Do you have it? I, I might ask on my Twitter, like if you if you stock it, tell me and I'll tell people. I'll funnel people in. Okay. Because people want to buy. People are like, how do I buy it in the best possible way? So you've written this book. You have a book published at yeah. the age of twenty five. You're twenty six now. Twenty six now. You were yeah. wrote it when twenty four. Yeah. Um, Maybe even twenty three. I think I started writing when I was. 23, I think it was 2017 I had that meeting, but I'd already written... And then boom, 20, that yeah. is a massive achievement. So can you please explain to me a little bit about how you begun to your relationship with writing, mm-hmm. what drove you to write the book and how the fuck you finished it? Yeah, it was. it's all been... It's all been good, but it's, yeah, it's hard work. So I, I where did it where did it start? So I have always I written about like mental health since I left uni as like a job, right? Um, but that was just articles like a thousand words, bam. For um, uni papers and that. I mean, this is after uni. At uni, Sorry, yeah, I was at doing uni, at uni. I was you know I liked writing a lot. I did English literature. Yeah. So I always loved writing, and that's always I think why. Just nice to do. It makes me feel good. But why? It's just I've never been a I like being a creative person, but I've never been a performer. Right. I don't really being in front of people and it doesn't kind of energize me. Whereas writing something, I think, wow, that's really that feels finished. That feels good. Yeah, energizes me. It's kind of a real. It gives you an energy. Yeah, it's my that's my the outlet. idea of completion gives you energy. Yeah, I love that. That's I love kind of feel like I put those those words in the right order. What if you don't like the order? Well, then you start again, or you you know you do your best. And that comes naturally. To it's you. better to write something, even if it's total shit than to write nothing it really is that's hard though for some yeah. people but you know. i liked it so i always like writing that's great so you have a general you have like a, ne- a natural ability to redraft and complete yeah i like i love that i love kind of messing around with words and seeing and putting them in, yeah just being like this sat this feels right i like that um so i was always writing you know papers and st- i did a lot of creative writing at uni little stories which was good so i did a lot of short stories um i did my, my dissertation was like a six thousand word story which really? feels like a, like I was cheating, but I was like, I'm definitely doing that. That's brilliant. Rather than like a proper... Was it a sci-fi? 
it, it was like yeah kind of future don't lie it was is it yeah it was kind of like set in the future and like it's this lesbian couple and it oh, was someone's you know there's totally like the mob was there I don't remember it. the exactly. mob was there yeah some kind oh of like God, this sounds like a future future desert mob this is at least a yeah. Netflix series um, and I really enjoyed that um, but it you know someone had to come and say do you want to write a book for me to be like maybe I could write a book so why did they come and say that to you well, because I was, this is like, I'd been writing for maybe two years and, and my work was out there and I was tweeting to an audience of maybe like 50,000 people. 50,000? That, I think, yeah, by the time the book came out, it was about 50,000. How did you get to that? So now it's about 100,000. How? Just tweet, like tweeting, people were like, this is quite funny. Just or, off Twitter? Yeah. The whole you thing, just... the whole, this book would not, it was Twitter. Oh, Twitter just, got me my work, it got this. I was killing those tweets. 140, 140 word murder. That was it, yeah. And now it's 280. But at the time, when I like, was coming up on Twitter, it was 114. Was people it, were like, okay, we'd take a chance that you can write an article. Was it like, what kind of vibe? Like opinionated? Mostly very it was jokes. So I was, at, jokes. I was just writing jokes, really silly jokes. And, and to like, I think when I was left uni, I had about 10,000 followers and it was really just it was nice. It was a nice community. And it was just jokes. It was also like jokes about being a woman and jokes about being mental ill as well. Like uh-huh. a lot were like, funny takes on the fact that I was depressed and anxious. Ah. So that's where when people are like, oh, maybe you want to write... About this. Write about, you know, having depression and having anxiety. The power and it, of And they fed each other. So I'd get more work from the article. Did you oh. get, like, Twitter co-signs from, like, authors and stuff? Yeah, some, like... A few of like a few famous authors have blocked me, which is quite like Joyce Blo- Carol Oates has blocked me on. Blocked you. Blocked me, but then you get like you, you talk as <laughs> really. Why? I don't remember. So I what? definitely pissed her off, but you do you like people? You're kind of more visible to like people oh, that you hilarious. like. Me and Piers Morgan have like a running. Oh fuck, Piers Morgan! Like what a knobhead. Like I invited him. There was like an MTV show that was like meet your online rivals, and I was like, come on then, Piers Morgan. He was like, I'm ready when you are. Uh, you applied, great. Yeah, I so. mean, <clears throat> I've had a lot of back and forth with Piers Morgan. He's an awful man, but yeah. yeah, so that's what I do online. And that was like the real kind of catalyst for getting getting jobs. And then the jobs, I had a few meetings at publishers and then Unbound got in touch and immediately just felt really good about it. Mm. Like Unbound, I love Unbound. Like I'd read a few of their books. Like I had like, um, what is it? The Good Immigrant, which I thought was amazing. And they, they've done so many great books. And I was just like, yes, if you want to do a book with me, I will absolutely. Right. Wow, that's great. So, what? So, was this was this idea something that you were like, right? I'm ready to write this, or did you have to sit down with yourself and think? Were you particularly struggling at the point of contact? I mean, possibly uh, at this point. Like, I had when I went to Unbound, like I had this document that I'd started writing, which was, I mean, the bones of this book. And I, at the time, I didn't think of it as a book. I was like, oh, this is a really long, like, blog post. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I kept building and building, and it was like, you know, forty thousand words. I was like, oh, this might actually be. A book, and I sent it over to them, and they were like, "Yeah, you structure a book around this. This is, you know, this will work because it's such short paragraphs, and we we reordered them, and we did this, this, and this, and then added to it, and it was already there. Like I'd I'd like accidentally written most of the book without mm. I'd like trick myself. It's pretty amazing. Did you ever feel like did you ever battle with like imposter syndrome? Oh yeah. Like I always Completely. feel like, how would I know? all the time and like I luckily I had a lot of people to talk to where I could be like you know bounce my ideas off but once I decided to do the book it was kind of out of my hands I was like well, I've got to do it now I've signed a contract uh-huh. but before that if I'd just been if I was someone's like finish the book oh, and then yeah, we'll see oh, there's it. no way I would have finished the book really no I had to have that that structure of someone saying right we want this by March we want this and so you just kind of do the work yeah which is good I need that I need that deadline. so how long did it take you 
Um, I reckon it probably took a year, like and then edits. Words. Love that. Yeah, because well I could done. sit there and write. Some days I'd write two thousand words. I gave myself a minimum of like five hundred a day. And you never screwed with that. No, and I wasn't doing a lot of other writing at the time though. Like, yeah, but I've you never had... write two thousand and think oh, I'm just going to chill for a couple of days. Mm, I quite liked it. It was like, it is fun, and it was it? like at the time I was to working. have a goal, have purpose. Yeah, I was working in a shop, and then I was working as a nanny. Which shop? Um, oh, it's just a little card and gift shop back in. Which do you prefer, Ken. the shop or the nanny? The nannying, like, really? I like the nanny. Are you saying that because she might be listening, the mum? No shit, no. Right. But it was, it's nice. No, I think they definitely won't be listening. <laughs> cut all ties. No, they, I like that. Yeah, it's nice to to kind of be busy. And in the shop, I was just in this room, like doing laps. Cards and cards and gifts. So like, but good pens. I mean, there, it wasn't really a lot of stationery. Really, it was it's kind of like cards. expensive gifts, like jewelry and like soaps that cost like forty five pounds. Oh, fantastic! And it was like yummy mummies would come in. Oh, so you worked in West Hampstead. I did not, but I think they, yeah. All right, so what was would you say was has been your most difficult period of mental well-being in your life? I think at university, definitely. Really? That was when I could not, I couldn't pretend anymore that it wasn't happening, which I'd been doing really successfully until I, I was at uni. I was about 18, 19. Um, I had to confront it. Um, and it was, it, I think I went to the doctor because my mood was really, really low. I've been drinking a lot. First time his term was great. And then suddenly it gets a bit real. You're living away from home. First time like freshers. Woo! Freshers is fantastic. And then you, you know, you come back in the new year and you think, oh, I'm here for the next few years. So. It, I mean, it was. I feel like I missed out. I mean, I, I, I have, have a lot of regrets you, like, associated. Yeah. So I, I met, I was lucky. I met some great people. But I mean, for the third year, I spent most of the time in bed. So, like I'm, I would miss like five weeks of uni at a time. Whoa. Like I, I missed out on like the first class degree just because I was too ill to like hand in my essays oh, which, so it sucks so there's a lot of like regret but also it was a time of real like reckoning you know it was the first time I went to the doctor and said I am I think I'm really depressed yeah and well I like, depressed like suicidal I, I reckon at or that depressed, time like, I was just so I feel happy ever again. yeah it was that real it was that period it was like Melancholy, four weeks in yeah when you're just like Walking around, and you just feel like everything's so far away from Apathy. you. Oh, like disassociation. Yeah, thing. I was. I felt like you know, I was in this like spaceman suit, and nothing was coming <gasps> close, and like That's everything odd was. Sort that of, you say that as an image. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's really like there's a you're walking around in like a human body, but nothing is. All, it's like all the colours drained out of everything, and so I went to the doctor, and I was like, all right, something is not right here. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of obviously seeing a lot of doctors. And before that, I was like. I was in real, I was doing a good job of being in denial and learning all of these like really bad habits to, you know, present as a mentally well person, which I'm now unlearning like right, eight of years course. later. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about, I was trying to write something about this today actually. Mm. And I was thinking about when I was a kid, my, um, whenever my mum would ask me to tidy my room, I would just shove all my clothes into little crevices. Yeah. yeah. So then when some when the, someone would look, it looked like it was tidy. Exactly. And then I realised that that's probably an analogy for yeah. like a lot of my life. Because the minute you put any pressure on it, think it, there's like yeah. a <laughs> It's like I would never be able to find anything. That is, I think that's perfect, I isn't can, it? But then of course the the painstaking folding of things, it's, it's looking after your future self, isn't it's, it? It's, yeah, storage solutions that make sense, <sighs> but mentally. Self-storage. Self-storage, yes, which you have to do over... And like that's like, I feel like it's my hobby now. Like yeah. I've got to learn how to be a person. Store myself. Oh, I quite is, like that. Which I, I like I that that's quite a profound what image. I do, but like, it's like, oh, I'd rather be like, not have that and be like, doing like Zumba or like ceramics. Why but I spend most of my Zumba? time like trying to 
figure out my brain. You can do Zumba as well. I think you probably. I think Zumba would probably be quite. Good I feel for me, like actually. you've. You, I feel like you can remove that block. Yeah, do Zumba. Is there Zumba better. nearby? I feel like Zumba wherever you go. I think you can do Zumba. Yeah. Whenever you want. It takes a lot of effort though to be like a person. That I feel a bit tired for Zumba. Yeah. Oh, you're too tired to do Zumba. Yeah. I think Zumba's one of those things. If if we keep saying Zumba enough, you'll be able to do it. Do you think that's- <laughs> Maybe that is Zumba. Maybe Zumba's in the heart. Okay, so Zumba's in the heart. Uh, so is there a root to all this? I mean, if you don't want to talk, speak about anything... Oh, my issues. Totally cool. My brain. I mean, I think No, just it... in terms of, like, often they talk about anxiety and depression or whatever mm-hmm. else being a, a an attempt to stop you from feeling something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. What is that thing? Nothing happened. I don't think so. I mean, whenever I've gone to like a counsellor or a therapist they always start in childhood and they're I just think I'm a person who I think I'm very like a very sensitive person yeah. a person who will naturally pick up on other people's stuff yeah little changes and that feeds the anxiety um I mean I, I, I'm understanding anxiety for the first time not as like this internal battle of like my brain sabotaging me but just as like a like this kind of leftover from evolution of like my brain trying to alert me to to perceive danger and yeah. and so I'm like oh I am on my own side but I'm just kind of getting a bit wrong that's interesting um, and so I which is quite helpful to understand like the processes of of depression and anxiety but hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure there's there's all kinds of things that have fed into it and made it better or worse as I've been growing up, but. But you seem to, re- but you seem to remember having like a fun time primary, secondary school, whatever. Yeah, I think there's always, I was always maybe yeah a little bit anxious as a kid, but it's too early to like you know pathologize. You can't expect you know my parents were like, oh she's a bit shy or she's you know it's only as an adult that kind of blossoms into something that that. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got two brothers and a sister. We're all there's four of us. My parents had four kids in four years. Whoa. Idiots, yeah, they, shaggers, yes, yeah, wouldn't idiots. stop. Just absolutely couldn't stop. Um, I mean, were they all on purpose? I was the only one that was on purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. You would have thought after the second. And well, they had twins to start with, and they were like, "Wow, these are my brother and sister <laughs> so easy and so like easy going." They were like, "We'll have another one." Eighteen months later, they had me, and they were like, "Okay," because I was a little terrified. They were like, "That's it, that's done," and then accidentally had another one. Oh, and then another. So. Oh, so twins, right? Twins okay, well, I can kind of get it with it being three times. So there was four in four years. So all You're the middle very child. So I'm the middle child, which I think. Is a thing? I don't, um, definitely is a thing, but... I've heard people talk about it. I'm an only child, which is definitely a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah that is a big one. Yeah. But I'm very generous. Oh, is that... You're not supposed to be? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know anything about... If you're an only child. And it's like... I'm, like, definitely have... I've had to battle through some quite severe social ineptitude. Yeah, okay. I didn't understand the concept of friendship until I was about 19. Yeah. <laughs> just from a... Pra- yeah. Just from, a, just from like, an objective... <laughs> Like I get, I get it now. I'm like, oh, it feels nice to be around it's other people. Nice. Community is important. Yeah, but before it'd be like, if unless you were doing something that I, I, I felt as though actually propelled your life. Right. I didn't. I didn't understand that. I, I only now do I get the concept of doing nothing. When I was like a teenager, 
if someone was like, oh, we're, oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to go hang around at Thingy's house. Yeah. Doing like, nothing. What's the purpose of Be like, that? are you watching a film? Like, if you're watching what's a film. What's the objective? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally be like. How do I win? What's the end goal? <laughs> um, yes. For real. Okay, so what's your, what's been your most, what's been your best period of mental well-being? I think currently I'm in a pretty good state. Great. I mean, between now, between, obviously there's like when I was a toddler before you get like, ob, you know, like object permanence and everything's all right. Right. This is probably the, wow. the most. Wow, I've never had anyone answer it with oh, zero like, oh, to six. No. Yeah. <laughs> zero to six, <laughs> zero to six months. I'm what was your best, out. That's actually amazing. What's your yeah. best period of mental well-being? I think just after birth. Just after, yeah. Literally before my brain mm-hmm. even was Natural aware. Thing. And then you become self-aware and, that's, and then it's just downhill. Downhill. And then now, yeah, I'm definitely feeling a lot better than I... I'm doing more work now when I... I have a bit more of a sense of myself and, and also I'm aware of how little I know and I feel all right about it. Oh, that's great. Like, I really, yeah, 26, no one has any clue. No one has anyone, any clue forever. I mean, I'm sure, like, it, this is going to be hard until I'm in my 30s and then apparently everything gets a lot easier because you, you don't... I've heard things get better and better in, until you're in your 70s. Oh, yeah. 60, 60s and 70s. I've, I've literally heard people every decade say to someone the decade younger, go, oh, wait till we get into this one. Maybe, it's really... Yeah, maybe not in the age of, like, climate crisis, but we're going to ignore that and oh, pretend yeah. everything's going to get a lot better. I think, I think you do. You think you feel happier and happier. I can't even fathom the climate crisis. If Me I'm neither. I, I want it to stop. I'd rather it did. But I feel as though I have very little power. I mean, I do my... It's not like individual change. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's got to be big boy big, country. Yeah, they're, they're putting out like, yeah, like nine companies responsible for this. I can have my plastic, no, like get rid of my plastic straws. Yeah. And I can recycle that. Do you know what I think is interesting about that? You know when people say there's no planet B? Yeah. I thought, what if there was a planet B? We'd it's, wreck that as well, It'd still we? be awful. We'd well, how would you get there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, what does that mean? And also, how do we decide who gets to go to Planet B? It would be very... That would be a real quick way of causing mass murder. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be The rich to people go. would be hunted down. Because I don't... Well, they would, because they've got no real skill set, though. I know, but also they'd be, have the most likelihood of Well, that Because climate change is very racist, like... Elon Musk would have to wear constant yes. armour. Always. I wish he would. don't like that man either. I don't know why he's not a vigil- vigilante like Batman. I if I was that yeah. smart and that rich... I'd literally be fighting crime. What does he do? He just tweets. He tweets. He's like a 47 year old man who tweets like a teenager. Yeah, but I mean, it's fair enough. I'm I always think, asking I for think... money and he never has, he'd never given me any. So. Well, he invented PayPal, you know. I think he said PayPal then. And I was, I use PayPal all the time. PayPal. PayPal. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he's so rich. Oh my God. Yeah, I but also wondering. he's a genius. Yeah, he's a genius. He should have to billions, someone... but he should, you know. Well, it's like probably Twitter is just like, I think the idea of, when you have that much power, like social interaction must be like the biggest drug of the world. Well, sure, because everyone wants to be your, your friend. So you're just saying things. Saying I things actually don't to follow people. him on Twitter. No, me neither. Don't you? No, I don't follow many like real people, real celebrities. Like, you follow robots? I follow mostly bots. Oh, yeah, right. Russian bots. So that's everyone then? Ex- Am exactly. Am I right? Consumerism? Um, no, I, try, I don't really follow a lot of celebrities. Okay. Who's your favourite person to follow? Um, I've got a lot. I follow a lot of people who there's like a account that posts like I think it's pictures of raccoons every day really? I think it's called like everyday raccoon so I quite like that because it's really no nonsense you know exactly what you're going to get would you say that's contributing to your mental well-being yes absolutely so much more than anything else I do I love that yeah so if anyone wants to just have a little a buzz in a day just make sure you subscribe to and I, I recommend that like, people follow these accounts because they are really nice really? they do make you feel better they're really uncomplicated really? I think it's called everyday raccoon I mean there's one for possums there's one for 
you know little pigs and wellies there's all kind like you can <laughs> you can choose your poison on that you don't have to have raccoons if you don't if you're not partial to them yeah, yeah. great think i'm in love with a singer yeah but i want to get richer life threw me a bag of lemons no wonder i'm bitter have we done many interviews about this book i mean i've done a, i've done a few i've done like a few in real life panel things uh-huh. um, and then a couple on the because what I what I like about these these podcasts is you have an opportunity now for your fan for your fan base people who follow you on your to know a bit more about you yeah the it's parts nice. of you that you wouldn't necessarily you know what another thing we do with with the whole truth podcast is we talk about music oh fantastic yeah so because you know music how's that how what's your relationship been with music and mental health like are there particular songs. So I, lo- I mean, I love music. I kind album. of, I think that's an important one. But is there anything you can or can't listen to anymore? Mm, I mean, there's, a, I mean, just a few songs. I think that you just attach relationships and that. Yeah, but mostly, no, there's nothing. Um, and I know that there's a lot of like kind of music therapies that people do, and I just love, I love music. Like What's I, your go-to to to build to boost your spirit? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think Toto. Toto is like just not Africa, not just like maybe some like deeper catalog one, Toto. What, that's what's the one something about raining like, in Africa. No. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Not Toto. that one. Toto. Yeah. Forget that one. There's Hold the Line, which I like a lot. I'm Rosanna. Not, I don't know. To- I mean, Toto kind of pumps me up. Really. I like Mitski a lot, but that's more of like a melancholy. Like, Melancholy's fine. Like like on the bus when it's raining, looking out the window. Really, and you just catch a vibe. Yeah. Like I love music, but I mean, like I've got no sense of like rhythm or I don't. I'm not a singer. I'm not a. But I just love listening to music. Do you don't like dancing? I love dancing. I'm not very good at it, though. That doesn't matter. Don't good at dancing. Yeah. Really? Mm. There's two questions as well that I ask on a podcast which are, are pretty pointless, but they can sometimes lead to quite interesting okay. conclusions. What's your favourite colour? Go. Um, kind of mustard yellow. Love that. Mm. That's a great colour. I love mustard as well. As a, as a food? As a food, like, just like, when I was little, me and my sister would go and get a little, little spoon of mustard. Little Dijon. When you were little? Yeah. And we still do it now. You had an acquaintance for mustard pre-10. Yeah, mustard and and vinegar. That's wild. You know when you said before, you said nothing really happened to you as a child and then... No. (laughs) Eating mustard and drinking vinegar. That might have had something to do with it. Oh, when did you roughly start disassociating <laughs> with a child? Well, me and my little, me and my sisters we used to yeah. take spoonfuls of mustard. Wake up just absolutely covered in. I'm sure you have to wait for your palate to like settle. My like, are we lighter? I know what. I'm being ridiculous. You're mm. right. Mustard is fine for and all. And I just love that. I love that color. I think it's quite. It's a happy color, but it's not. It's, it's not, not smug too, about it's not it. Too it's not kind of like. It's c- almost Saharan. Yellow. Yeah. It's, it's like almost golden sun. Classy, I think. But it's a bit more. Mm. Also, you can get away with it in like a suit, t-shirt. That's it. It is a great colour. Yeah. My, my favourite. Um, that's brilliant. Um, and what's your favourite shape? Circle. Yes, Dan. Circle. I like them. I think it's Circle. an uncomplicated shape again. I think they just kind of roll around, don't get involved, kind of, it just seems like they don't, yeah, don't get involved with the drama. Yeah. A circle. Great. Yeah. Big fan. Like a circular table. No one's at the head. Do you like a circular table? I do if there's like a Lazy Susan type, like, and there's food going around it. That's I quite like that. A lazy Susan. Lazy Susan. I really want a lazy Susan. What's a lazy Susan? It's like a thing that spins. I think you can get like a manual or automatic, just like so the food goes round. Lazy Susan. Like yo sushi. I mean, I kind of think that's kind of the lazy Susan of the future. Who has a yo? Who has a yo Susan? Who has a lazy? <laughs> Susan. Who has a lazy Susan in their house? I mean, probably really rich people. I don't have one yet. Oh, okay, cool. So you you just want something that spins and people so just people take their can bits have, off. Yeah, you get the restaurants. I love that. That's I think wild. that's a great shape. You can't have that with. It's too many sharp corners involved with any other shape. 
Is it is it literally electric powered? I, do, I think you probably can get those, but I quite like a humble one that you have to rotate yourself. Do you ever feel uh, conscious about talking about? I mean, you've written a book about it. Mm. Whole book, yeah. It's no going. You're not that conscious. Are you gonna? Do you feel the conversation around mental health has has, has changed since you started writing it? Do you feel as though there's more of yourself to be dug up and mm-hmm. thrown out? Maybe. I mean, I've always tweeted about it. I've always oh, been yeah, really, really honest about it. Like, I'll be like, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to get out of bed today. Or, like, I didn't get out of bed. Or, or all of these things. Like, I've always been really open about that. Um, and the internet is forever. So, you know, that was always out there. And so when it came to writing the book, it, not a lot of it I haven't talked about. Like, it's not super autobiographical. Like, I do, there's a few things in there about, like, I was like, there's your stories that, you know, my parents knew, but, like, People are like, oh, I didn't know that this had happened. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think people are more, people will come to me and and, and say, oh, I've read, people I've at school with, like, oh, I read your book and, and I didn't know this, but oh, I've also been through this, which is really nice. People are really the open about relatability. It. Yeah, I think people like, I think people like when people are frank about these things. It's yeah. important. It is, I think. I think honesty, living in your truth is a real, only real way to connect. Yeah, and I know that people do, there's, I love the push towards. I like, all oh, just talk about it. And but do you feel the pressure now? You've read, read, written this. A little to be, bit. To be constantly. Yeah, a little bit. People always, people are like, oh, what you know, what what what's new, or like what's going on, or like, are you feeling depressed? And I feel like that always centres the conversation. Like, Great, how next I'm book. Men- mental, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like it. I mean, it's it just means I'm super comfortable asking other people about theirs. Like when I meet people and they're not mentally ill, I'm a bit like, what? That doesn't exist, does it? No, I can't. It can't do. And people are like, no, I don't have anything. I'm like, we definitely do. I think there are some people who might have had a very emotionally bound childhood. Yeah. With reasonably secure parents. That is it. That might feel okay. A lot of people are really like kind of neurotypical and also really have, have got the skills that they need. To manage their emotions, which is great. Yeah, but normal, I think, is so subjective, you know? Absolutely. So, are there things you do? Is there things you do day to day to manage yourself? What are they? So, for me, routine's a big one um, because I can very quickly slip into something and, like, I won't notice that I've not been eating properly. I've, I've kind of not. So, I go to the gym or I go for a walk and I try and. That's the best. Do things. Yeah, it's. uh, That is the, the. I mean, even in conjunction with antidepressants, they say that it makes them work like 10% better 100%. just exercising. So that's the thing I really enjoy. Like I've reframed that as like, it used to be like, oh, I've got to go to the gym. That's a chore. And now I'm like, no, I like going to the gym. It's the thing that I do for myself. Yeah. Which is not, like I don't do to lose weight or, yeah, or like, because yeah, I want to be like stronger. It. It's just nice to go. Yeah. So that's important. I think routine, taking my meds on time. At the same time? Yeah, I try to. Try to, yeah. But so I just can't manage it. Because I don't have that like executive function where I'm like, yeah, that's what ADHD is. Yeah, lack, complete lack of that. And I've got a like, I've tried alarms. I've tried like putting post-its everywhere. Saying, have you taken it? The executive functioning part of your brain. And someone said it to me the first time. I was like, this sounds ah, like mad, instantly my head became a boardroom. Yes. And I was like, someone's not doing their job. <laughs> All of it is chaos in there. There's paper everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, why are you not working better? You know? Yes. How do you motivate our executive functioner? Because it's it's weird. You say like, I get like hyper focus. People like people with ADHD can't focus, and often it's that they can. Focus focus really if well on interested. stuff that they're interested in yeah. whereas now so now I really have to engage I'm not that. interested in anything uh, it's a problem <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> that'll am. get you I'm joking <laughs> there are some things 
But it's also yeah, saying like, you got to do what you got to do. Like you got to go to work. But also routine is important. It saves me from the from the from the what's the word clasps. Saves me. It saved me from the clasp of the grasp. The clasp. Clasp. The clasp. Clasp is like when you fasten things. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could clasp something. It saves me from the clasps. Clasp of depression. Yes. Yeah. Routine. I got a dog as well. Oh, that helps massively. No, but it's walking. Oh yeah, because you've got to get the out. Walking thing. I love walking. So routine is routine. What it's keeps a big one. You... you know, I'm quite flexible with it because I know some days I can do less and I will do less. Like I've always got permission. I'm like, look, you can if you want to stay in bed, say so you could stay in bed for the day, but you're not doing it two days in a row. And it, oh, I kind of get so to me you up. set yourself the boundary. Yeah, I'm like, look, That's if important. you want to, you can have an hour to wallow. But after that, you're getting up and you're even on days when I don't feel like it, I can still do stuff. I don't Discipline. have to love it. I can. I just got to do it discipline somewhere I don't have a lot of it but yeah I do have I really, really what do you want to get ticked off in the next 10 years I mean you've already written a book yeah I mean what's the dream I reckon at some point I'd like to have some savings people are like oh, I want to buy a house I would but like to have London, some right? save exactly doesn't that's not a thing <laughs> they can't some, exist yeah. so it's, it's mostly I mean career wise I'd like to you can do it to gradually build these I'd like to be doing more you know I'd like to be maybe write another book maybe write a fiction book you know, 10 years time, I'll have a bit more life behind me so I can maybe write another nonfiction. Yeah. Because this, I feel like I could only write at this point because it was, you forget what it's like to be a really young person with, the guy. I feel like I wrote this back in time to my 16 year old self. Yeah. And at 35, I'd have forgotten her. I would have forgotten exactly, I wouldn't have known like how to talk to her. So that this one I wrote at the right time, but next one, I don't. You don't know yet. I might write one about dating because I do a lot of that and I'm like, I'm not very good at it. But really? also do it like, I feel like I could. Why not very good? I don't, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not very good at it. I just, I think I do a lot of it and I've got very little patience for nonsense. Have you ever had your heart broken? Oh yeah. It hurts, right? It hurts so bad. That's something that like, <laughs> that's something that I think is an interesting topic of conversation. Yeah. It actually was once, did pop up once on this podcast and I was really wanting to get more into that mm. because relationships are a massive aspect of our yeah. well-being. Because there's a big bit in the book that I wrote, like dating when you're, Dating with a mental illness, I think it's so you navigate that so much, so much differently. It, you know, depending on what I think you metabolize pain when you're someone with depression or anxiety, or any of these things, you metabolize pain in a way that really draws it out. And and I found myself being really like really hard on myself, being like, "Well, this is because of this, because of the unique you challenges." You metabolize pain. Yeah, just the way I kind of dealt with it was just. How do you mean you metabolize it? Like just the way my brain and my body processed it. It felt like it went through me like very, very. I didn't deal with it very, very well. Okay. It went straight through you or it gets stuck? It get kind of stuck. I feel like you kind of take a long time over with like very sensitive have you people. Ever have, have you had like one particular relationship? I mean, I think that like... That centrepiece, you know? Bigger break. Oh, yeah. From like my longest relationship was 18 months. And when we broke up, it was... He was mentally ill. I was mentally ill. It was in a really like really bad, torturous punishing way oh so it was like toxic the whole way through I mean no the relationship was great but just the breakup and that last oh, kind of few no. months were the worst it was bad and, and I, we were like kind of living together but and you know having to move out and yeah. having to it was bad That's but it's lot. so it's I mean it's it does teach you a lot it's so informative annoyingly you do learn and how do you so you since that point it's a long relationship 18 months 18 months yeah, I mean, I, I kind of love love and I think it's great, but I, I'm pretty happy on my own. I'm pretty happy to, I like dating a lot. I like, yeah. I do that. So, you know, I think you, you learn how to be in a relationship and learn how to better attach yourself to people and like healthy attachments versus unhealthy attachments. Yeah. And I think you do a lot of that in therapy as well. Like a therapist explains this to me and I'm like, 
Ah, uh-huh. oh, I didn't know that. But I feel like all of this falls into the same. I think that also falls into the reasons as to why we end up being held back, or or why we have struggles with. But like for example, I didn't necessarily have like any particularly big moments of like, boof, this happened in your childhood. Like yeah. you know, like I didn't have like a major operation or something like that. But I was just brought up in a environment that can just cultivate particular like there's this there's this there's this one guy called Gabo Mate, do you mm-hmm. know about him? Who who works with child who I've mentioned I've mentioned his name loads, but yeah. he's like a child psychologist and mm-hmm. he and he talks about trauma, but like trauma isn't necessarily recognised apparently in a lot of spaces. And he says that ADHD, you're not born with ADHD, you're born with a propensity to get it. And then And then I if you put into an, a particular environment it goes like boom. Oh, and then like and then when it moves and then in the rest of my life, if I think about situations that have like caused me anxiety at a young age, it, you know, it's just yeah. you find those situations again and then you're having to detach you're having to like separate the two things from happening yeah which yeah, yeah. is why your body goes into some kind of like old response it's, it's wild isn't it i mean I but often it happens in the context of love because like yes. that's the reminder of it activates of when, that you're a, when you're a kid part of yourself yeah there's all these like tests that they do about like attachment in children and where we get these things from which i found so fascinating like they do it with monkeys as well okay hey let me do it let me do let me do a game with you okay go on then all right Yes, for you real quick. Okay. What's your favourite animal? A monkey. Oh, fuck. Okay, give three, why three things? Because they're funny, yeah. quite human, and I think they're just from cartoons. Do a different third one. Oh, um, funny, what did I say? Funny, quite, like quite humans, um, they've got long arms. Long. Quite like a long-armed creature. Okay. Uh, so, the game? <laughs> no, so uh, the, apparently if you ask someone their favourite animal and their favourite three things, that's just like secretly what they look for in a partner. Oh, God. <laughs> human-like, long arms. I love that you said quite funny. human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Those things are... Boom. True. I asked my mum that once and she went, a giraffe. <laughs> and oh. I went, why? And she went, because they're so unusual and rare. And I was like, and I was like this is why you're single. <laughs> Yeah, big, big long neck, eat yeah. leaves. Literally, it's like so wild and just like, oh, it's so bizarre. Like, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to be... Just like rein it in a bitch. I mean, go for like a... I'm going to ask you that question, but yeah, that's quite scary. But yeah, true. I said fox. Hmm. Yeah. What were your reasons? Independent. Bushy tail, eats garbage. <laughs> Low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, uh, yeah, eats, yeah, eats crap. Eats crap. Yeah, only see him at night. Amazing. Nah, like, there's genuine reasons, you know. I've always felt quite a, quite a resonance with foxes. I like, I like, yeah, when urban foxes. I cried the other day when I saw an injured fox. Oh, no. And I don't was cry about life, loads of human things, the... man. No, in real life. What was wrong with it? Oh, it's, it was fucked up. Oh, Apparently really it's bad, like, yeah. it's, it's a change of season. So like, there's loads of like pack stuff. Like some foxes get beaten up and then left for dead, basically. Oh, nature is so brutal. Like I saw a fox sleeping the other day. It was lovely. My brother was like, look. And we looked in a hedge and he was in there. And I was like, that's just lovely. But it's nature. Yeah. That fox could get hit by a car. He was dead, no? He de- no, he was alive. He was sleeping. If it's in the day, man, honestly, there's more more often than not that, that fox is fucked. <laughs> oh, I thought it was quite cute, but that's it was, what uh... I thought, and then I saw that it was fucked. Oh, no. I, said, I suppose the woman at RSP stage was like, yeah, like like nine times oh. out of ten, if you see a fox in the day, that dude has screwed it. That is bad, bad. Yeah, it's bad not, time. it's not, it's not ideal I'm at deeply all. Deeply upset about that. Oh well. Um, so you fancy foxes? I like a man who's. I want to have fancy foxes. As you've jumped there quite a lot. Yeah, I, I got do. Got a bit Freudian there, but. Really, my mum's not a fox, so no, it's not that oh, Freudian. Thank God. thank God. 
Um, but I mean, maybe one of your parents is a monkey. I hope not. Maybe like way back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all started off. We all, we all started off as monkeys, didn't mm. we? So technically, you are just attracted to humans. Exactly. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've run out of questions, but I, I, I'm sure there's yeah, other I, stuff. What I, I want to ask you the questions. Uh, nah, uh, people know. Are you an investigative journalist? No. And you're trying to get secrets out. I of think me? I'm too lazy. I think because my articles that I write aren't. They're just feelings and opinions. Advice. Yeah, advice. Is exactly. your advice fluid? Have you contradicted yourself much? Oh, you think I have? Most of the time, I just encourage people to ask questions of themselves, and I say, "Look, this is what I would do. This is what I think you need to do." But ask yourself this series of questions and see where you end up. Yeah. Rather than being like you should. Because I get a lot of questions like, should I leave my husband? And I'm like, I'm 26. I absolutely cannot be trusted with That's this. That's a deep question. But I just don't answer. I'm like, maybe. Imagine I don't want to ruin someone's life. Said yes. So mostly I just answer questions from people younger than me. And it's like, oh, why is my boyfriend being like this? I'm like, he's an asshole. Oh, really? No, yeah, it's stuff that I'm like, I know I've been That through. doesn't sound that empathic. He's an asshole, but maybe a nice asshole. No, I know no, uh, Yeah, yeah. So it is. Sometimes yeah, it you is. just got to be like, boom, right? Sometimes you have to be quite hard on yeah, I get that. Tough love, but loving tough love. Do you ever get guys writing and going, my girlfriend's been a nightmare? Not a lot, which, you know, I wish men would write it more because I think mm. men need, are in need of that empathy. You know, shared yeah. male experiences often not empathetic and not often gentle in a way that they need. It's true. More agony uncles, right? We need agony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Yeah. 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 You need like a fun name. It's like, dear. What do you mean? Mine's like Ask Teddy. Why Teddy? Um, te- uh, my name on in the internet is Teddy. Back, like, I wish I chose. It was like a nickname, but I chose it back when like the internet was like more anonymous. MySpace. Um, MySpace, yeah. MySpace, Bebo, onwards. So now it's Teddy. So that's asked Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, you need like a. But why Teddy? Well, I was gonna be called Theodora when I was little, so I was gonna be a Teddy, and I just it just seemed like something I could Theodore. pick quite. And a lot of people call me Teddy as a nickname, so I just you have to pick something. You cool. have to have a what's it called when you have like a. Stage name or something like Pseudonym. that. Pseudonym. Yeah. Moniker. S- exactly. You have to have a moniker. Um, all right. Well, is there any advice that you would give to anyone listening who has, who maybe, yeah, just, you know, this is your opportunity to mm-hmm. communicate a little bit. I mean, I think the best advice for anyone, I think, is to remember that no feeling is final, that you're not, you know, you arrive at a place where you feel really terrible. You aren't going to be there forever. You can... You've got to consider things as temporary and it gives you, I think, more scope and more of a ability to deal with it and, and, and push through it, knowing that it's not it's not forever. None of it is. None of it is. None of it is. I mean Nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. Everything dies. <laughs> Good night. Um, yeah, but just that just that, you know, things things there's ways to change everything. I mean, I remember my mum used to be like she'd be like, There's nothing so bad that it can't be fixed. And I'm sure there's holes in that argument, you know. But yeah. for a young, you know, I think that's it's a nice thing to think of. Like nothing is ever that serious. You can, there are solutions. There are ways, even if you can't see a way. I know. You, the future, will Sometimes find a way. it feels like you can't. Yeah, and the, the, just believe blindly in the in the kind of the power of your own, you know, actions and perseverance. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, before we finish this, if you had an hour in the day, a whole hour to take care of your mental well-being, what would you do? I think I'd swim. Nice. I think I, I like if I live somewhere I could go to the beach. I love the sea. I love the more coast. More than a swimming pool. More than a swimming pool, yeah. I think swimming in the sea or just being by the sea does such wonders for Dreamy. my or reading as well because I don't I don't make time for that enough. Yeah, neither do I. Like I listen to audiobooks because I can't I struggle with concentration. 
Yeah. But it's different. What's the last book you listened to? Um, so I am re- listening to Dark Tower um, series by Stephen King. Yeah, the That's one they like, just brought out with Vidra Elba. Yes. Well, I haven't watched that yet, though. Yeah. Well, but I, I mean, love the Dark Tower. Really? It's, it's like sci-fi and Western and horror. Brilliant. In like, oh, it's Perfect. great. Yeah. So I'm listening right. to that again. Well, thank you, Beth McCall. Thank you for having me. You're a ledge. Oh, cool. My last, yeah. Fist bump. Yeah. You can have a hug as well. Oh, right. Oh no, hard. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and you sure there's nothing I just want to say? No, I think so. A hundred percent. No, no, I think you I've definitely not say anything else. Mm, buy book. Yeah. All right. Buy books. Buy books. Powered by Spirit Studios.